What is up? What is up, everybody? My name is Ryan Atkinson, and you are on the Business Cloud, where we talk tech, marketing, entrepreneurship, and more to give you the insights and stories from today's best founders or tomorrow's best founders. This episode is packed with a ton. We have Patrick Campbell on, the CEO and founder of ProfitWell. Uh, in the episode, we really dive deep into what it's like to be an entrepreneur. We talk a lot about the personal life of Patrick and like what entre- entrepreneurship has meant for him, the challenges he's had to go through, but also the successes he's, he's gone through and how at the end of the day, he is just always reiterating his product so it can be the best on the market. It's a super competitive space, uh, subscription metrics. Uh, if you thought you knew SaaS metrics, wait till you listen to this episode. Uh, Patrick is the guy to know when it comes to subscription metrics. Um, So it was a great episode. Just learned a little bit more about how he started the idea. He started this when he was super young, like young 20s, like I want to say like 23, 24, 25. Um, So it's a really crazy story on how he built it all up and what what the physical and mental toll is just taking on him. Uh, Great episode. Uh, Links below to, to... see patrick's profile to connect with patrick he also drops heat on twitter and linkedin uh so definitely give him a follow connect with him um and if you enjoy this episode at all please press subscribe please press follow please press subscribe excuse me it would mean a lot to me but let's dive into patrick great episode i'm excited for you guys to give it a listen thanks so much but I'm super excited, Patrick, to have you. Uh, we talked a little before. It's been a long time coming, but I am so, so thankful to have you on. You have an incredible background. So excited to talk to you uh, more about ProfitWell. Thanks, man. Excited to be here. A fellow Midwesterner. We got to show these East Coasters <laughs> what we're made of. So excited to chat. Yes, I love it. And happy St. Patrick's Day, by the way. I haven't said that yet. Um, and that's actually... <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even know... Uh, my better half, we're, we're on a trip right now. And she, uh, she texted me and she's like, Oh, I didn't even know. And I wore green. Thankfully I, I was basic. Which is great. No, so it's awesome. yeah. yeah. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you as well. <laughs> and that's actually going to be my first kickoff question is, do you have any like holiday traditions that you think are huh, a little like spunky or like, Oh, that's probably not what everyone does. Uh, it's a great question. I think the short answer is probably not. Um, Christmas Eve, we always like used to make like uh, pizza, like homemade pizza. Like that was our thing. Ooh, that's cool. Um, yeah, I mean, and then like, but yeah, that's that's un- unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, the the most the the, the the weirdest thing. I don't know. I'll probably come up with something after, like, oh yeah, we always like do the polar plunge or something. Like, I just can't even remember anything right now. But yeah, that's, <laughs> that's about it. I love it. That always hits me too. It's like later on, it's like, oh, I could have said that. So <laughs> that's awesome though. But um, can you give us a background about a little bit more about yourself, profit well? You have amazing experience. You'll be, be, be able to yeah. sum it up better than I can. <laughs> totally. So um, I grew, grew up milking cows in Wisconsin. So <laughs> I always like to start with that with a fellow Midwesterner. Um, I, uh, yeah, I went to school for, uh, or my background's in econometrics and math. Um, I started my career, worked in US intelligence in DC, and then um, I worked at Google. Um, that's what brought me to Boston. And then about 10 years ago, I started ProfitWell. And uh, ProfitWell, we do what's called sub- subscription revenue automation. So you just plug in your billing system, Zora, Stripe, or Curly, um, whatever you're using for your subscription mm-hmm. management. Um, and we automatically uh, lower your cancellations and churn rates um, and then optimize your pricing. And then we also are, are really well known. We give away um, a really robust uh, you know, financial metrics package for free. Yeah. 
Um, so we have about, depends how you measure it, but we have about 20% of the entire subscription and SaaS market using our, our financial software. So it's a ton. Um, and so, yeah, it's one of those things where, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a good time. We're, we're about 90 folks, Boston, Utah, and Argentina. Uh, we're wow. bootstrapped, which is kind of cool. Um, so, you know, we haven't taken on funding, nothing against people who take on funding. We just haven't needed it yeah. yet. We will raise funding at some point. We're not <laughs> funding. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the rambly version of, uh, of, of me and rambly version of Probowell. Yeah, that's actually really nuts. So it started about 10 years ago and you already own 20% of the market. Is that like, I don't know, like all the metrics, but that has to be like incredible growth within the past 10 years. Yeah. You know, what's funny about it is that I, I think when you take a step back, it definitely is, but in the moment, I don't know. I think there's these companies like a Slack or, um, I don't know, like, yeah, Slack's a really good example where it's just so obviously growing so quickly. I think it's, yeah. I don't think it's as, as uh, common as a lot of people think, like even HubSpot, um, which HubSpot obviously grew very, very quickly. And they're yeah. very like, they're a darling of like the SaaS and tech ecosystem. <laughs> I think the thing is, is like, when you talk from people inside it, like it didn't feel like unstoppable, mm. you know, growth, right. It felt like work and felt like, oh my gosh, we missed this quarter. We got to get hit the, 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 the thing, the pavement next quarter. Right. So I think it's one of those things like for us, like when we take a step back, we're like, oh, wow, this is, this was, you know, we're actually pretty cool. You know, we actually did something right. But in the moment <laughs> it's like, nothing's ever good enough. Everything's terrible. Uh, all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah. And everything's terrible. Everything's going really well for you. I mean, what are some of the things that like you care about from your long-term thinking, okay, to reach, you know, 25% market share, 30% market share. What are some of the things like you and your team are focused on now? Yeah. So right now we have doubled down on our own, basically revenue acquisition. Um, and so like sales, sales and marketing, yeah. I think, um, we, we built a really good brand with content and media, um, and also the free product. Um, yeah. That's a big thing that people don't understand with free products. Free products are, are your best content. You know, that's one of yeah. those things that I think people need to reframe on. Uh, but for us, it's just doubling down on like, honestly, inside sales. And uh, thankfully that playbook, like we did the the harder stuff, I think already um, <laughs> say sales is easy, but like inside sales playbook is, is pretty well written. Um, and so it's one of those things that, uh, you know, is, is, is not easy or it's, it, it's, uh, it's, 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 it takes a lot of work, but isn't difficult, I guess, is the yeah. best way to look at it. Yeah. And take me back. I mean, what are some of the things like that were difficult when, when building this product? Take it back 10 years ago. I mean, what was like some totally. of the first like big like hurdles Everything. where it's like, holy smokes, uh, <laughs> everything. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a tough thing, right? Because part of uh, growth and part of like building a company is very much, um, you know, you get hit, right? Like you constantly yeah. are getting hit, but you just, you know, to, you keep moving forward and it's kind of the whole point. Right. And then what a founder does, or what I would argue an exec at an earlier stage company does is you kind of rationalize, well, if we got through it, it must not have been that hard. Therefore like, yeah. nothing was hard. Right. But then when you look <laughs> back, you're like, Oh no, like before we got through it, it felt, you know, maybe not like an existential crisis, but something pretty close. I think we had, um, you know, we had a lot of the standard cliche stuff. We had, um, you know, just uh, like, like, thankfully the app has never gone down dramatically or anything like that. Yeah. We had, you know, not enough resources. Right. And I think that, you know, that was because one we're bootstrapped, but also like, even if you're not bootstrapped, there's never enough resources for like the vision that you have. And so classic prioritization exercises, um, 
you know, kind of a more off the cuff one, more personal one is I actually had uh, cancer and the kind oh of my god a bit in the company. Yeah, and again, it, it, it's it, it, everything's fine. Just to be clear, yeah, like it, it's, <laughs> it's one of those things where um, it it was the second time, so it was really well known and easy easy quote unquote to, to kind of deal with. But um, it's just like stuff like that, like the personal stuff, you know, hit me, I think, um, you know, other personal stuff, I was in like a seven year relationship that ended not because of the company, but the company definitely accelerated, like why that relationship wasn't going to work out. And um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of like that stuff that I don't think we talk about always, but, um, and, and then even some of the things that maybe people can empathize with as well is, you know, you, you go through the angst of really maturing as like a human emotionally. And what I mean by that is, you know, you reach, you, you realize like, oh, these friends aren't supportive, or you realize that like, oh, these people aren't really friends, you know, because they, they, the way they define friendship is something that you don't align with. Right. And I think, I think a company exposes your, uh, for lack of a better phrase, bullshit. Like, I think it just exposes your emotional BS. I think it exposes your mental BS. And I think it kind of like is a really, really good crucible for, for you growing as a person, as long as you keep going. So yeah, those are a little more personal. I think from a company perspective, it's hard to think of like one thing. It's like, you know, we, we didn't necessarily have like a month where we didn't know we were going to make payroll or anything like that, but we certainly had a lot of like growing pains where we didn't invest enough somewhere. We invested too much in another place, like all that wow. stuff. Yeah. And back to that, like human element, cause like I've interviewed like tons of entrepreneurs, but like, that's not really not talked about a lot is like, it really does like a, yeah. like a mental toll, like, you know, like a physical toll. I mean, was that something when you started the company, you were really anticipating to like grow a lot in and like face a lot of difficulties or was that kind of like an unexpected, like, oh, smokes that actually just happened. Yeah. I mean, no, like no one, no one, like it's really yeah. rare where you're like, yes, I'm going to go through, uh, something that would like, you know, like is going to hurt me. Right. Or yeah. it's gonna, like be so much adversity. I think, um, you know, when you go in, especially like I went in, in like my mid twenties, um, or early, early to mid twenties where, you know, you're, you're, you're invincible, right. You're, you're still <laughs> Superman, but you're like, Oh, everything's going to work out. Everything's going to be great. Yeah. And actually that was good because, I come from a very blue collar upbringing and I don't think I, I don't think I would have started a company unless I, I kind of got confident enough to be like, Oh, I can always find a job. Right. Yeah. Like I have, like, I can always like, maybe it's being a barista, maybe it's digging ditches, working construction. I, I don't know what it is, but I can, I can, I'm not going to be destitute. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's a very like blessed place to be. Right. You know, and there's a lot of people who aren't in that worldwide. And so I think for me, it was, definitely not something I, 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 you know, thought was going to happen, but in hindsight and hindsight's always 2020, I think it would, it's, I actually think starting a company, even doesn't matter what type, doesn't matter how like funded, not funded out of business school, you know, out of, out of, you know, college out of, you know, yeah. not even going to college. I think it's one of the, the best things to accelerate you as a human, because every single day you're getting punched in the face in some particular way. <laughs> now, yeah. Now, like I, you, you know, you learn to deal with it or learn to cope with it. And sometimes you cope with it in like, not so great way. But like I, now it's like bad things happen. And it's like, okay, like I'll figure it out. You know, that type of a thing. And I think when you see yourself in, in kind of the context of maybe like friends or family who didn't go through like a company, you realize like how fast you mature, you know, as long as you're wow. getting hit in the face and then keep going kind of a thing. So 
yeah, it's a really, I think it's a really powerful thing that like, you know, I didn't anticipate. I don't think anyone anticipates unless they've been through it before. Yeah. I mean, people probably don't start a business. Like I'm excited every day. Like I'm going to get punched in the face and like, let's keep going with it. So that's actually like a very unique perspective on like something that, you know, maybe you weren't anticipating, but like it is the day-to-day life of like a founder and entrepreneur. <laughs> totally. Totally. And so like, how old were you when you started this company? Was it like the mid twenties or 25 ish around that range? I think or? I was 23 or 24. Wow. Um, yeah, I think that's what it was. I was a couple years out. I worked again, I worked at NSA for a short amount of time. Then I worked at Google for a short amount of time. And then I worked for another startup uh, for, for a short amount of time. So yeah. And, and again, like I, when I was at Google, this is kind of what, how, how it got me when I was at Google, yeah. I started having like, I, and this is, I don't know what this says about me, but I think it's an interesting story. I, I ended up um, my entire, like they, they hire you in classes. Right. Yeah. And at that time, my entire class was Ivy League kids and me, a non-Ivy League. <laughs> so I kind of had this, like, I had this a little bit of this, like, imposter syndrome, and then yeah. I started realizing, not not that like, it, it, like not that these these kids were dumb or anything. I think these yeah. these, these were brilliant people, right? They were just so smart, like they the, not just because of the pedigree, but just because you know yeah. you through the Google hiring process, let alone an Ivy League application process, let alone like getting your degree from an Ivy League, right? And so it was one of those things where I, I started realizing like oh, I can compete on this level, right? Yeah. I can like, I can wow. you know, be successful. And, and that was good for, um, I think like the massive amount of insecurity I had that I didn't always like manifest properly. Um, but it was really helpful because all of a sudden I was like, okay, um, I, I can, you know, have worth, right? I'm, I, yeah. I am smart, right? Which is, you know, a tough thing. But I think then what ended up happening is I started talking to some, some Googlers, you know, who were there for a long time. And I started like hearing like, basically when you're in like a sales team, right? It's kind of like what you're yeah. doing in HubSpot. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, yes, it's a great place. You're paid probably way too much <laughs> for what you're actually doing, all these other things, but you're sitting there and like the work is is, is not that interesting, right? And yeah. so I started realizing people would leave at 18 months or they'd leave at seven years. And that yeah. was the really, really interesting thing, right? And so I thought, oh, like, I don't want to wait to get the confidence to jump in and do something after I have a mortgage and kids and all these other things. Right. I want to like jump in right away because, you know, I, 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 I don't know if I'm going to get the value here. And some of this is like, like post hoc rationalization, of course, like, I don't know yeah. if I realized all of this at the time, but it was one of those things where it was really, really powerful. Um, and so I jumped out right around 18 months. My manager told me it was a terrible mistake. Cause I was going to a startup that was like, again, like I was just so naive, like, oh, yeah. a venture back startup. Right. Like, and it's like, yeah, it doesn't mean like it's a great place or a great product or anything. Right. So <laughs> I, was just, I was writing that, that classic, like young hubris. Um, and then, you know, that led to, to obviously starting the company and getting the confidence to, um, you know, go and work 18 hours a day alone in a room and try to try to come up with something. How, how was like those first steps, like leaving the startup and like, like, oh my God, like I'm actually going to build this. I mean, like, what were those days like for you? I think it's, uh, it's, it's either again, through either gaining that confidence or just having so much insecurity about it that you're like, I can't fail. Um, you know, almost in a naive way. It it was, it it was, it's kind of funny because like you think about fear, right. And, and the take fear is one of those things where like having no fear is dumb. You, you have a medical condition if you have no fear, right. (laughs) Um, It's just how you channel that fear. Right. And so for me, it was, you know, just 
just going and like being like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure this out. You know, one, brick, I love that you know, up two bricks down, three bricks up one brick down. Right. And that's just going to be kind of how you build. And I think that the first days, um, you know, like all of a sudden, like I, I, I didn't have that much money, you know, I had yeah. basically nine months of runway and that's like, if I stretched it, right. Like, yeah. like paying my rent and like not eating much, if anything, or not eating out, I should say. Oh my gosh. Stuff. Um, and so like I stretched it and, you know, it was basically like, if I can't figure it out in six to nine months, like it probably not meant to be, and I didn't want to fail. And so, you know, I, I probably, I totally crashed like my body. Like I've gained a hundred pounds. I've lost a good amount of it through build the company. But like, I think I started like not treating my relationships as well as I could have. Like there's a bunch of things that happened, but you know, it's brutal. It's really yeah. brutal. Like in the early days. And I don't, I think that if you're funded, I think if you're older, more experienced, you're going to go through the same type of thing. Like hopefully yeah. it's, it's different and not as high of a magnitude, but, um, yeah, it was, it was, um, in hindsight, like it, it wasn't fun, but like at the moment it's kind of fun because you're like <laughs> learning so much and your learning curve is like straight up. Right. Yeah. So that's like, if you're wired for this, that's exciting. That's awesome. And maybe yeah. you're not successful, but like it, it, it's such a good experience. Like, even if you fail, I think that, um, you learn so much when it comes to building a company. Yeah. What were some of like the early things that like you learned a lot? Was it like the marketing? Was it the sales? Was it like the engineering? Was it the problem solving? Yeah. It, I, at the time, I don't know if I could articulate it the way you just did, but I think in, yeah. in hindsight, um, like marketing, I think I learned, I was not a marketer to this point. Um, yeah. I thought marketing was Google AdWords because that's what I <laughs> at Google, right? And in, in their sales ops role, right? And so it was one of those things where I sat there and, um, one of our, one of our founding advisors, um, was, was the former CPO at HubSpot. He was there for a decade or so. Yeah. A guy named Christopher O'Donnell. He's a great dude, just brilliant guy. But, um, I don't think they do this anymore, but it used to be when you got hired at HubSpot, you get a free HubSpot account for life. And so, uh, Christopher was like, Hey, here's, here's this HubSpot account. And I was like, what is, what is blogging? Like I didn't know know what content was, right. What's a landing page. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And I was like, okay. I I didn't know. I had never learned about the funnel. I had never learned about like any of these things. And so I was like, okay, so I have to write something and then spread it. And then someone will download this ebook and then I can talk to those people. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's the world. Right. So I just started writing. Right. And um, wow. I was, I was, um, was fortunate enough that I had some really good training in like communication and writing that, you know, what I wrote was pretty good. And so it yeah. would get some play, especially, um, I didn't intentionally do this, but we started off just with the pricing product where, um, you know, I was writing about stuff that everyone kind of knew was important, but they didn't know anything yeah. about. And so like kind of hit that sweet spot of people sharing it or people knowing about it. Um, so that was a big thing, like content marketing. Um, yeah, I had no idea what it was. Um, and then some of the other pieces are like, like I, it, it takes so long to learn this lesson, but the start of learning this lesson around people, like I was mm. like, cool. Um, we figured out this little like writing playbook kind of thing. Let's hire eight interns. Um, and by hire, not really hire, like it's just like, you know, like basically like free internships, you'll get college, right? which, is, which was, you know, 10 years ago, that was still kind of a thing that you did. It wasn't yeah. the greatest thing. And, but then it's like, oh, people are really hard. Like, yeah, you know, especially someone in school, right? Like I'm barely <laughs> out of school trying to like teach them. Um, and so that was like a big thing. And then I think uh, from there it was, 
you know, um, so, so starting to figure out people like, you know, and, and that took a long time to kind of understand. And then I think the third thing is again, being naive enough to try. So what we started doing is we had this like little software product that we try to sell and like, it was a terrible product. It was terrible. But then like people were like, people were like, Hey, we don't want to use the product. We want you to use the product for us and get the data and then tell us what we should do based on the data. And it was like, it was like, okay, but that's services. Like VCs yeah. don't like services. Right. And you know, I, I, again, I'd never raised money, never thought of raising money. And they, and they were like, well, we'll pay you like 10 grand. And we were like, Oh, okay. Like I was, when I say <laughs> me, it was just me. And I was like, okay, well, that sounds good. So it was just like one of those things where you start, you know, like, like if I would do that after having an exit or something like that, I might not do that because I would go, well, that's not going to scale and like stuff like that. And so I think wow. it kind of taught us that, you know, you can be successful by, you know, kind of being dumb first or like trying something and then, you know, you can always fix it afterwards. That is really, really an interesting thought. So if it's okay, maybe if I already exited a $50 million company, $100 million company, it would have been, you might not even done that because it's like, oh, that's just not going to scale. That doesn't work. That's very interesting. Well, think of, think of like, um, you know, I, I don't know you that well, but I'm going to assume that neither of us have a hundred million dollars. I don't, I, I do not, I do not I have hundred million dollars. <laughs> Otherwise I'd have but a like, cool imagine, microphone like you. <laughs> no, I know. I, see, I don't even have a hundred million dollars. I have a cool microphone, but like, imagine, <laughs> imagine you are like, imagine you have a hundred million dollars. Like, like imagine how, like, like, I want to say beneath you, but not in a judgy way, but just like, just from a no, prioritization and a calculus, Imagine how beneath you, like trying to write a blog post and seeing yep. if it's successful would be, right? Like yep. you would go, no, let me just do the thing I normally do that helped me get this million dollars, <laughs> hundred million dollars. And like, I'll hire four salespeople, right? And then it's like, yeah, but that might not work anymore, right? And so like when you yeah. look at HubSpot, which we talked about, and obviously you, you worked at, and that's why I'm, I'm referencing it. It's like, you know, like Halligan and Darmesh, they looked at like, this change in the market and yeah. then they started building it, but they even started building it the wrong way. Right. Like, I don't know how much yeah. history, you know, with HubSpot, but like, and it wasn't that they knew it was wrong. It just was like, mm -hmm. Oh, this isn't the right way to sell. And then they iterate, 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 and like, you know, do a bunch of stuff that like doesn't scale or scales. Right. So that's an entrepreneur, like curiosity. And I think Darmesh is really good about this because like, yeah, I don't know. He'll like, like he's creating a Wordle clone, like just yeah. to, like, do stuff online and like, stay up to date on certain things. Right. So he's trying to, you know, he's doing things that don't scale. And so I think that that's a really powerful piece that, um, you know, a lot of people miss when, when they're successful. And, and it's like that, you know, we talk about it, like, I, I don't know, it's like the use the ignorance of a child. I think that's, a <laughs> I think that's but yeah, it's powerful. Yeah. And so what were, what was like someone like when you got that first customer that like $10,000, like, Hey, we'll pay you $10,000 for this. I mean, for you, like yeah. how, like what was going through your mind? It's like, Oh shit. Like, let's go. Like I have a customer finally, like let's iterate or what was that like for you? Um, so it was it, the first customer was actually $1,600. It was litmus, uh, which is litmus. an email testing, uh, software product. Um, I ended up becoming very good friends with their CEO and founder over, over time. Um, but it's kind of funny because like to your question, it's one, oh crap, I have to like do this now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have to, I have to fulfill. It wasn't, wasn't like I sold them like a book or something where it's yeah. like, oh great, like our transaction's done. And then two, like I got to make him happy 
so that he can be like a case study or like referral of some kind. Mm. Right. Um, and actually one of, one of the greatest things that we did, and again, we didn't know at the time, there's this, there's this woman named Jean Hopkins. She's like a perennial yeah. CMO, um, around Boston. Um, she was a VP at HubSpot, um, back in the day, but she's been a CMO at like so many different companies. And, um, I remember someone t- like she came in cause she always understood the power of pricing and some of the stuff we were doing. And she, uh, and then someone texted me when I told them, Oh, like we're working with this person named Jean Hopkins. I didn't know. Yeah. And they went, Oh she's ruthless with vendors, make her happy. It'll unlock so many doors. And so we, I did everything I could make her happy, make sure she was taken care of. And it worked like she, Jean Hopkins has been worth millions of dollars to profit well over the years. Um, just for referrals, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. She's, she's a gem to us. And so long story short, I think it's like one of those things where we were really focused on like we, me, I was really focused on making sure that we were, you know, that I was taking care of our customers. And then, and then there's a lot of like, Oh, what do I, I have, I have a check now. What do I do? Like, I need to invoice. I need to like do this. And then like what happens? And that's the thing a lot of people don't talk about is yeah. Like if you're getting a funded company, I think your, your, your VCs should help you with a lot of the back office stuff. If you've never done it, I had never done it. I made some mistakes where yeah. I mean, and there's a lot of tools, right? There's a lot of payroll mm-hmm. tools, but it's just yeah. think of the idea of like all the things you take for granted probably at a company and you might not know of them all, but there's just imagine there's a lot yeah. and then think I have to kind of reinvent the wheel because you, literally, you have to search, then you have to implement it, even if there's like one or two people. And it just gets, gets fun to kind of think about like, oh, thankfully there's a lot of software, but then in the early days, you're very focused on, well, I don't know that 50 bucks a month. <laughs> I don't know if I could spend that money on this software that's going to save 30 hours a month. So I'm just going to do the 30 hours a month. Right. So you're learning that lesson as well. So there's, there's a lot of fun ones. Yeah. I love that. And let's like, kind of like fast forward to like today, you guys are working with the huge names like masterclass, class pass, Canva, yep. all of these different names. I mean, is it fun to reflect on like back to that $1,600 all the way up to where you are now and even what the journey ahead has in store? Yeah, it's a good question. I think, um, you know, what's funny. It's really sad, actually. It's really sad (laughs) because no, like it's, it's like, I don't, it's never done. Right. Yeah. There's that, that quote from, um, you know, the social network, that famous, like, you know, fashion's never finished, you know, that Zuckerberg (laughs) said or whatever. It's so true. Like it's never, it's never done. Like there's always a new milestone. Right. So like, I remember, we got compete.com, which was a, a, a big ish name in Boston at the time. And we were like, Oh, that's the name. Right. And then you're like, wow, you kind of get addicted to logos, right? You're like, Oh, Oh, Atlassian, you know, they, they came in and then, Oh, this, and then, Oh, Oh my gosh, I really want that logo. And you kind of start chasing logos a little bit. And then you get enough of them that you're like, okay, this is great. We're doing something like, and you don't yeah. say that you don't think that because you always think you suck. Right. So like, that's yeah. kind of how it works. And so it's like, yeah, I think, um, I think I still think we suck at everything. And, and that's not because <laughs> we do. I think it's because of, you know, my own personal wiring, but also the fact that like, this just stuff doesn't end. Right. And yeah. that, that's, I think that's great. I know I'm kind of making it sound bad, but I actually think it's amazing because it's like, what other job 
will you constantly feel like you're growing or constantly awesome. feel like you're learning something new, right? And this is what I love about tech, right? Um, like I've never, I've, I've never worked at a, um, you know, 150 person company, a 200 person company that mm -hmm. wasn't, you know, a 10,000 person company, right? So now, now I'm, you know, we're heading in that direction, right? And then all of a sudden it's like, I'm going to get a five and I'm going to be in a role where I get to kind of see everything. And I'm going to get a role where I'm going to learn a bunch, right? And I'm going to have a lot of leverage and I'm going to screw stuff up, but <laughs> fix those things and, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think it's, um, it's, it's really exciting to think about if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely does. And is that wiring like in your head of like, it's not like you, like we suck at everything, but it's like, we can always improve and get better on. Is that kind of how you're wired to like approach entrepreneurship? Oh, no, I'm or? wired. I'm oh. wired that we truly suck at everything. Yeah. I, oh, I, I, right. <laughs> I, I always, uh, no, I think it's, 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 it's not as bad as it once was in the sense, it, but it's, it's very me. Like what I mean yeah. by that is, um, I, I, I'm, I always, I, I sometimes reference myself as like the most insecure entrepreneur in the world. Like yeah. I'm very, uh, you know, and it's more, it's more from like my upbringing and like how I think about the world and these types of things. And I'm not saying it's healthy and I'm not saying anyone should be this way. I just think that like, um, you know, that I thankfully got a really good, um, you know, I had really good mentors that helped me funnel that energy just in, um, college and, and, you know, my first yeah. couple of jobs. And so, um, I, I'm, I'm kind of the curmudgeon I would say of our exec team where like, it's like, cool. We just did, you know, I just signed, I just signed a big DocuSign contract and it's nice. Like, okay. Yeah. But what, okay. We got to get the next one or, Hey, we didn't hit our number yet this quarter or that type of thing, because I think it's a survival mechanism of like, I remember the days where it was like, well, uh, we're fine, but <laughs> we sign this next thing. We can't really hire the next guy. So we have to like wait another three months and, you know, it's just a different world uh, to kind of live in, if that makes sense. And so, um, yeah, and I think it's good, but I also think it's probably bad. Um, thankfully, I've surrounded myself with some people, and not, not intentionally, who are more uh, cheerleaders. And I think that I've grown to start becoming um, less negatively motivated and more like positively motivated. And so this is just part of the journey, you know, that's everything. And I never would have gotten this like yeah. <laughs> crucible without you know, starting a company because I, if I was like, you know, some, you know, salesperson or sales manager at some random company, like, you know, I, I don't think I would like that job, but also like, I wouldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't be probably getting the mentorship unless I got lucky. Yeah. And like, what is the, like the importance of having one, like a good mentor to like actually find a mentor be like, this is someone I can really like sit down and trust. And like two surrounding yourself with people that kind of help you with stuff you want to improve on. Yeah. I think, What's really kind of funny is some of the advice I got in the early days was don't go to events, like don't go to events, keep your head down and like focus, like meetups, events and stuff like that. And I think that the, 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 the intention with that advice is probably true. Like, you know, you got to make sure you're focusing on the right things, but I would go to like every event or meetup that I could because I, um, like every time I would go, someone would help me whether they knew it or not. Like I would have wow. a conversation and then they would like say, oh, like you should talk to so-and-so. Cause I think, I think in, in the environment, like you kind of, I don't know, it's a little cliche, but cliches are cliche for a reason. Like you, you give, <laughs> you give, right. And so I would, I would try to, and I think it's just my nature. And I think you'll get this from being from the Midwest where you're kind of like the black lab of people where you're just like, yeah. I, you know, I want to be your friend. I want to help you, you know, that type of a thing that's just, mm -hmm. just in your yep. nature and, and not saying that's better or worse than someone who didn't grow up in the Midwest, but it's just something that's interesting. And so I would just try to be helpful. So if someone, and, and, and sometimes like 
not in a purely altruistic manner. Sometimes it was like, oh, if they're going to help me or if I'm going to help them, they're probably going to help me. Right. And so yeah. I would just try to be helpful. And then it just kind of that energy would come back. And so I, I didn't do that. I'm a numbers guy. It sounds a little weird coming from a numbers guy, but like it was, it was something that was great. And so um, I think like mentors and advisors, like I don't, I don't have someone where I was like, will you be my mentor? Like, I don't have yeah. that sort of situation. Like, you know, I think a lot of people think about that. I just, I, but I do have people that like I hang out with. And then when I hang out with them, um, I think I got lucky where a lot of them were very far ahead of me. And I was able yeah. to essentially provide them something like pricing help that they didn't know about. And then in return, I got a lot of advice on like how to build a company. Um, That's my, awesome. My little cohort. And, and this to be actionable, I think forming forming a founder and exec group where um, hopefully part of them are ahead of you um, in terms of like, um, you know, kind of trajectory, whether in a role or yep. in a company or something like that, but even not, it's not the end of the world. Um, I got into a cohort with Wistia, Help Scout, um, Wildbit and Litmus. And it was one of those things where like all of them were very far ahead of where, where yeah. we were um, in terms of revenue and development and those types of things. Um, and then I was able to give some and I was able to get a lot. And then those are the guys that like I can text and just be like, like, hey, what do you use for payroll? Like that yeah. type of stuff, right? And and it just helps fix and that's where the referrals come from. But I, I would suggest finding that group and you'll probably find a lot of them. And some of them will yeah. be more formal, like go on retreats and stuff like that. And others will will be very informal where it's like, you know, just a Slack group or just, you know, DMs or stuff like that. That's awesome. That's awesome. And we are winding down on time here, but going, so I have like two more questions left, um, but going yeah, right off of that, you just flew people out from Ukraine, which is just absolutely amazing. I mean, what was like, what, like, can you talk a little bit more about like what that initiative was? Yeah, totally. So, um, basically, and this was, this was actually right when the, the border, um, the border stuff started happening like before the invasion and long story short um i had again in, in helping and writing content and yeah stuff like that i was brought over um a couple of years into the company to estonia um and met a lot of teams that were from the ukraine in this incubator that i was helping out with and then just over the years like you meet more and more people especially yep. if you're doing conferences and stuff like that and so um, i had a i had a very specific conversation with someone and this was right after the crimea uh, situation in 2014 i think it was like 2015 or so where i was talking to a ukrainian team and and i was basically like oh like what do you think like you know just like yeah like are you okay like that type of a thing and and he said something that would like has stuck with me um, where he was like, well, we thought you would help. Like, oh, wow. you, he said you like, it was like, like meaning what he was many meaning was like, Hey, like the U S and Obama yeah. promised these types of things. And then this happened and you guys didn't do it. And geopolitical stuff is obviously like so complicated. So I'm not <laughs> about who's right, who's wrong, but it was one of those things that kind of stuck with me. And, and, you know, like all of a sudden this stuff was popping off and I was like, you know, and I've done this with other like causes and stuff, but um, I was just kind of like, well, I can help and, and I don't know where to help. It feels like donating to the Red Cross or something is like too broad. I'm not saying it's bad, yeah. just too broad for me, but like I can like help our community, like meaning yeah. our SaaS and subscription founders who follow me on Twitter or LinkedIn or whatever. So I just wrote a post and it wasn't, um, I'm not trying to downplay it, but it wasn't like anything dramatic. It was just like, hey, like I, I don't care about the actual like I care about the war. I have opinions, but that's not something I'm yeah. trying to talk about public. I'm just trying to say, and I said, like, if you're in Russia and worried, if you're in Ukraine, if you're in Belarus, if you're somewhere and you see this, like, 
I'm happy to help. Right. And yeah. so we, we got some, I used a lot of airline miles, that type of thing. And so um, we were able to get folks out and, and it was, you know, That's amazing. It, it was kind of funny, not funny, but it was kind of interesting because um, I don't know, there was some backlash to it. And the backlash was more what? around like, this was, uh, but not in like, not in like a, a negative yeah. way, but a backlash in the sense of like, and, and there's a point of why I'm bringing this up. Like there, there were a lot of people who were like, you know, like they're never going to invade. They're never going to do anything. And it's not like mm. I have this magic power to predict the future, but a lot of people were like, Oh, you're, you know, you're, you're, you know, this is like, you know, cause the West, the media has been a little, you know, since the beginning, like very yeah. uh, aggressive about everything. And so, Oh, you're just like buying into that. And I think that the, the, the reason I bring that up is like, there's going to be a lot of things I think in your career and I would just argue your life where, like you're going to struggle, like, and you're just going to want to try to do the right thing, but doing the right thing is not like, it's complicated, right? Like yeah. there's, there's very few things that are an absolute right, absolute wrong. Right. And so in this case, it was like, I don't know, I got some of that feedback and it was well-intentioned, but I was like, eh, all right. You know, like I'm still going to do this. And if anyone wants it, great. I'm not like trying to like steal people's money. Like I didn't even touch any, uh, anyone else's money. Like I tried to stay away from that completely. Um, and just, you know, try to help people. And I think that, um, you know, it's one of those things where like those people are going to remember it. And the thing to bring yeah. back to your company is I think that um, like, yes, you're going to have people who are pissed off that, that work for you, <laughs> with you. You're going to have people who like, they're going to think you're a terrible manager and maybe you are, I was a terrible manager. I think I'm okay now. Right. But it's one of those things where like, do your best kind of invest in those people's lives and they're going to remember it fondly. Enough of them are going to remember it fondly because you know, you're going to have some people where they're going to spend a significant portion of their career with you working on something, right? And so whether it's that or the greater community or your family or whatever it is, I think it's like try to do the right thing, right? And um, yeah, and thankfully, um, you know, or I don't know if thankfully, but like thankfully we're able to get some people out. I think there's some assistance we've been helping with. And now like anyone, cause that did go a little viral, the post that I make, um, you know, we're directing people to just like the common funds. Cause right now it's yeah. like, commercial stuff is kind of shut down. So it's really hard to get people out um, um, except through like the basic channels. But uh, yeah, now it's like, I'm, I was thinking about like posting something about Russian folks, right. Because yeah. these sanctions, like, it's not like a lot of the people have asked for, for this thing to happen. And a lot of the sanctions yeah. are, are just destroying their lives. Right. And, I'm, again, I'm not trying to make a judgment on whether that was right or wrong or whatever. It's just more of like, let's help the person in front of us. And so that's something that's something that, um, you know, to, to think about at least. Awesome. I love that. And then just final question for you. I know you traveled in a van doing like podcasts out of the van. <laughs> How was that? How was that experience? Like I, when I saw that, I was like, there is no way, like, this is the dream right here. How was nice. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think, uh, yeah, it's funny. Uh, so for those who, don't, who haven't seen it, I, um, we put during quarantine, uh, or the early days of the, the pandemic, um, you know, I was traveling for work constantly, uh, before yeah. that. And so all of a sudden I was like, oh, I need a project. And so we started converting a camper van just personally, like individually. And then, um, what ended up happening is as events started popping back up, we were like, well, you know, some people are comfortable coming out. Some people aren't like, what if we did like a roadshow type of a thing and kind of took advantage so of cool. to open up. And so we wrapped the van. Um, yeah, we got some feedback from some former uh, team members who were like, oh, you're spending money on this. It's like, I personally spent all the money. <laughs> just, uh, just if anyone listens, but um, it was a good marketing experiment. It was really good. Um, we're, we still got it. We're still using it. We're doing a bunch of road shows this year, especially stuff, you know, is kind of officially opening fully um, cross our fingers on that. But uh, 
yeah, I think that the, the lesson there is, um, is just a lot of leverage, right? I wrote a post on why we did it, um, that if someone's really interested, they can find or contact me for, but what's kind of cool about it is, um, it was a really one, it was a marketing stunt, but <laughs> the actual practice with it, um, we just found like in-person type stuff works really well for us. And, yeah. you know, doing flights and hotels isn't like, it just increases the cost so dramatically. And so it's a really good kind of ROI, if that makes sense. So, um, yeah, it was good. It's good. <laughs> what was your favorite place? I know I said one more question. But um, <laughs> yeah, we haven't, we haven't been to as many places quite yet, but I think um, so far, um, we did like a Florida swing that was interesting. Like I'd never mm. been to, like I've been to Orlando and I'd been to, um, I hadn't really been to Miami, but I've been to like, I've, I've been there for like a couple of days kind of a thing before. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of cool. Like I'd never been to Tampa, never been to um, like, I, I think I'd been to Fort Lauderdale, but only just to go to the airport kind of stuff. So it's kind of cool <laughs> to see like Southern Florida just to kind of see like how people live. And then the other one was kind of interesting is um, went to Albuquerque, uh, I'd never been to New Mexico. So that was kind of cool to see. Um, yeah, but there was a long, we had to in like two days drive from Dallas to San Francisco for a conference. And that was, Oh God. Yeah. Just, it was me and um, another guy just like trading, trading seats. And it was, it was, it was definitely brutal because we had to get the van there to, uh, to get onto the conference floor. So that was, that was a fun experience. That is a fun experience. And then we'll wrap it up. Patrick, thank you so, so much for joining us. You were yeah. awesome. Where would be the best place to find you? Is it LinkedIn, Twitter? Uh, happy to plug all yeah. of those. Yeah. LinkedIn, just Patrick Campbell. Um, I, I am terrible with LinkedIn messages, like a lot of people. So um, if you ever <laughs> need anything, just email me at Patrick at profitable.com instead of LinkedIn messages. And then I'm on Twitter as well at Patticus, P-A-T-T-I-C-U-S. Um, it's a childhood nickname. And so, yeah, it's one of those things where uh, you can find me there. I kind of post on LinkedIn and Twitter mostly. Perfect. Sounds good. And those links will be down below. Patrick, thank you so much for joining us. You had a ton of great information. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Stop.